0: It's
1: time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman.
0: Let's go. This one also from Tim, but I liked it a lot. So, Tim, congrats. You get a double uh, today. Third quarterback, or in my humble opinion, third quarterback should always be a second read is run or improvised quarterback because there's no time to fully coach that guy. Someone like Dorian Thompson Robinson in this draft fits that bill do you agree or, or do you think they'd want to run the offense or the same offense across quarterbacks?
1: You want to take it, Craig, or do you want me to take it?
0: Um, I'll, I'll start, uh, did yeah. try to be yeah. quick and then you can be quick and then we'll keep it moving. Cause that's what we're doing here. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's like from a, large team building perspective. I, I don't disagree that that is a very good option. If you had someone that was a good quarterback who could operate the full offense, that guy's probably not a third quarterback. So in terms of like, Hey, if our season goes down the toilet, uh, and we're all of a sudden on our third quarterback and we need this guy to win again, or even like our season's not out now the toilet, we just got really unlucky. And our top two quarterbacks are out for one week. Like, yeah, that guy with the high variance is going to give you a lot better chance. Um, and if it's a rookie, it's a rookie. If it's a vet, it's a vet. It's why Josh Johnson is everyone's favorite third quarterback. So I, I would agree with that in terms of the third quarterback. I don't have a a profile like you do on Dorian Thompson Robinson. Right. Um, but I think in terms of the very specific narrow thoughts about a third quarterback and the value to their football team, I would say first you want like a guy who's good in the meeting room and, and all that kind of stuff can give your scout team a good look. But if he's got to play, then yeah, like, a guy who's got some mobility and some variance to his game is is probably your best bet if you wind up there.
1: Is he is he is he kind of insinuating that there's a that, that you would what's like? It do like you a, want
0: Dorian Thompson Robinson or do you want Jake Fromm?
1: Right. So I don't know. I, I think I think if I have a third quarterback, I want him to run the offense that I have, and that's not because I think that's the best for the quarterback position. I think that's just best for the rest of the team. Right. So, like, for example, I know he's saying, like, scramble and run and all this stuff. Like, you've invested all this time and all this resources accruing great skill position players. I want someone who can get them the football. I don't want the quarterback, even if they're very, very talented, running unless they're elite. You know, like, I want them to be able to buy time and do some things, but they need to be able to execute the offense. And I think that's where a lot of fans get a little... Like they get over their skis here because they're like, oh, we get this tremendous athlete. He's a third guy. How many times have you seen a third guy come in and it just looks like total, like everything's on fire? You know, like yeah. it just looks like the world well, is on I, fire. I think,
0: yeah, I think that's the nature of being a third quarterback. Bro. Right. And that's Tim's point and And a, to a point that I agree with, if, that, if the guy that's your third was good at executing the offense, he's not your third. Like, by nature, one, he's never practicing, and two, he's probably not that good. So, like, you're going to, sure, okay, cool, Jake Fromm can do stuff on time, but every eighth throw, if you're asking him to drop back and run your offense, is going to get picked off because he's not that good.
1: Right. So, I think if I'm picking a third, and this is maybe, again, I want someone who can run the offense. I want them to be able to kind of learn and digest. And Is it going to be perfect? No. But I want someone who's a little bit of a lottery pick. Little bit of a lottery pick, right? Mm-hmm. So someone that I think, given the, given being in the offense for a year, can develop into something more, right? So Dorian Thompson Robinson kind of fits that mold, right? He he's got some mobility, a right. little inaccurate. Played a lot of football at UCLA. He's like 25 years old, something like that. He had the highest ball velocity at the combine, like all those types of things get people excited, right? And he's, good, he's a good football player, right? Is he going to develop into something more? He does fit that mold. Not because he's a mobile guy, because I also think, like, Tanner McKee, if you were to draft Tanner McKee here, because of the arm strength upside, could become something more than your third guy. In some systems, he might even be your two. I want good quarterbacks here. So I don't want to be taking a flyer sure. on somebody like the like Cunningham from Louisville. Like I know a lot of fans like him because he can run around. He's a good athlete. I just yeah. don't know if he's ever going to be even – a third string guy. Like, I don't know if he has the, it just seems like the road is really long for him, but I'm not just taking good athletes. I'm taking guys with traits that I think are going to sure. develop into something special. So that to me is for the, is, is my criteria for the third guy. So does Dorian Thompson Robinson fit that? Absolutely. But also, so does Tanner McKee who can't even move. He's so immobile, right? Like it, they're both there, but because of certain traits that they have, that get me excited.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I agree with you, um, that like, for a long-term play yeah someone with some upside is fantastic i just think like realistically if you think about it, it's like okay this guy's got to play now his first re- like i want someone who at least knows the offense to the first read but yeah. like, do I want a, a third string quarterback who's gotten no experience and no practice time sitting back in the pocket and reading an NFL defense uh, in a game I, uh, that I need in in late November when he's never seen game NFL speed before? It's like, nah, hey, if it's there, uh, great. If your second read is there, uh, we'll take that one. If not, just go run for eight yards and and let's see if we can get to next week and get one of our top two guys back. Like right. I totally I, uh... get what Tim's saying.
1: I got a funny story here. So this is somewhat related from our friend of the show, Will Montgomery. So when Will Montgomery was in Denver, right? Um, Peyton Manning was the quarterback and they got this crazy offense in and the backup quarterback never got any reps. And so will standing on the sideline with a quarterback coach and the OC and the quarterback goes like, Hey man, quarterback coach goes, Hey man, like do we need to get so-and-so any reps, the backup quarterback? Like he hasn't got any reps all season. And the OC looks at him and says, if Peyton – I'm going to cuss Nick so get ready to bleep it. So, if um, if Peyton goes down, we're f- – and we don't practice. F- and then, like, just went on with practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, right. any 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 situation where you are – That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, where you, that other guy's in. It's not ideal, right? And you need a good backup. I just want someone who's got some ability, right? Like, so, like, got something that is, like, a little shiny in their game. So Dorian Robinson can run Tanner Tanner McKee can throw the ball 80 yards in the air. Like good. Are they, are either one of them going to be good starting quarterbacks in the NFL? It's a coin flip, probably worse than a coin flip, but that's what I'm looking for.
0: Love it. We don't practice. That's, that's, (laughs) you know, like in Ted Lasso, they've got the believe sign. That's a sign that says that (laughs) over, over the, the locker room door on the way out to practice. All right. Uh, Big long question you got on Instagram that I'm going to distill down. It was about Howell uh, and the fact that he's inexperienced and new system, all this kind of stuff. But the the meat of the question is this, what are players allowed to do and with whom in the off season? And if they can't work with their offensive coaches, how do you go about learning the nuances of an offensive system without interacting with them?
1: Uh, Basically they can't do a lot. And so You know, when they made the new CBA, there was this push by older players to say, we don't want to be around the building as much, which makes sense because you're an older player. But when you're a younger player, like the offseason was critical, right? Because it allows you to kind of just get in the language a little bit more. So like, just to kind of show you how far it swung, when I was a rookie before the new CBA, so 2010, I had one year before the new CBA, which was 2011. If I was working out in the building, a coach could grab me and say, hey, go put your shoulder pads on. We're going to go hit the sled and me being an undrafted free agent I would be like okay like let's go do that and I they could keep me out there as long as they wanted and so obviously like that's a little bit extreme but now basically they said you can't have any interaction with your coach unless it's like these 6 weeks of the off season, which really hurts in my opinion the development of young football players now the parameters for rookies is slightly different and you can seek them out but there are they're very kind of um very restrictive in terms of what you can and can't do. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see like O-linemen specifically having a very hard time to develop because O-linemen is basically just sparring, right? Like how many times do I see this hand placement? How many times do I see this line movement? And how do I move my feet and get used to that pattern to get in the right position? And that's one of the reasons why I think O-line plays, it takes them instead of being two years out, it's now like a three to four year projection on a rookie player because of that limited offseason, And I think it's the same thing's true for quarterbacks. You just don't get the same reps. So think about it. Like when I was, when I was a rookie, like you had like a bunch of OTAs, a bunch of mini camps, you had your kind of pre offseason stuff that you would do, which was like walkthroughs and stuff. So I had been exposed to the offense pretty dramatically before we even started training camp. Right. And I think that for me, that was invaluable because I was like, this is what I need to do better on. This is what I need to learn more. This is the language I need to understand. So I think it's very, very restrictive and it's very, very hard to develop young players, regardless of position now. And I think that's one of the reasons why like teams, so let's take Philadelphia, for example, who have coaches who can develop young talent are very, are doing well, right? Because they have people on staff that understand the importance of bringing these guys along quickly and have a methodology for getting that done. So um, with regards to the question, it's hard because there's way less time.
0: Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores, do them without missing a beat, and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I honestly hate it. Um, I think, well, there, I, I think
1: there's, there's like a middle way. It's like what it's being now Yeah. It now, should be it's it sh- what, you, what you, what
0: you talked about with the sled thing. Like that's absurd. Yeah. Um, but there's like, I'm just going to I, there's probably a more delicate way to say this, but I'm just going to say it like NFL players are paid buku's of money, right? Like they can work more than, than half a year. And, you know, obviously these guys are working. That's not to say these guys don't because I certainly as someone in the fitness space have seen the offseason workouts that guys go through with their individual trainers, et cetera. But at the end of the day, like your team is the one paying you. And so I think it's not an unreasonable ask. Now, do I think they deserve a pretty significant break after the season? Absolutely. Um, and do you deserve another one in the summer before you enter that training camp period? Yes. Because once you're in season, like your life is very, very different. I mean, my life is a radio host who had to do a pregame show. Like I'm working six it's days different. a week, like, yeah, right. and, and, and the physical toll of uh, talking into a microphone is very, very different. And by the end of the season, I'm exhausted. Nevertheless, what actual players have to go through are hitting and studying and, you know, working long days and, and all that stuff. But the idea that like, all you get is a couple of weeks of OTAs. Like to me, it's very silly that guys can't not nevertheless are required to be, but can't be in the building working with coaches, having meetings. Like to me, it would be completely fine. And now you might want to change the pay structure because that's the other thing is like, I also understand guys get game checks during the year. Right. And you're not necessarily getting paid in the same way during the off season. Correct. So if the, if the NFL and the PA could for, figure out a system to take some of that money and redistribute it throughout the year. So guys are getting paid when they go to work, so to speak. Um, that's, that's a detail that needs to be ironed out. I will admit that on the front end, but the idea that, that, you know, in the middle of March or, you know, after the draft in April or May, like you only get these couple of weeks like that to me is crazy. Like these, you should be allowed to be at least in the classroom. Um, and I know there's some, but you should be allowed more time in the classroom. You should be allowed to you know if you're a player and you want to reach out to a coach do that um it just to me it's it, the restrictions i understand why they're in place but i think we've swung too far in the in the restricted direction to really right. have the efficacy to develop young players and for for players to do the work that they want to do
1: right and it's like at least the best ones right and and i again like the cba when i in 2011 was dictated by older players and so if i have an older player Like, I don't need to be there. I don't, like, near the end of my career, I didn't need to be around because I knew I could learn an offense irrespective of where I was in about two weeks. Like, I could learn the the kind of – I could play off of two weeks of learning. But that took, you know, eight years of me learning different offenses and understanding what's important to get there. And a lot of young guys just don't know. They just don't have that capacity, you know, to kind of develop even a – a system, right? So I think it's a uh, I I think there, maybe it's a tiered system, maybe young guys, get, and, you know, they do this, rookies get there a little bit earlier before, uh, right before uh, training camp starts, before OTA start. I think that's good, but maybe you can even tier it even more and say, hey, if you haven't, if you're a practice squad guy, if you're whatever, 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 maybe you fall into this bucket A and bucket A, you're here from, this time period to this time period and i don't know how the coaches would feel about spending all this time investing in guys who may or may not be on the team but i do think like if you want better football teams you need to develop a system for encouraging growth in young football players and i think whatever that looks like you know i've kicked around ideas like there's private facilities now that are becoming much much more popular like uh, duke uh, mannyweather's spot o-line university everyone Mm -hmm. sends their guys there and Part of it is because they don't have time to develop them on their own. Does that make sense? So it's like there is this market that's been developed because players want the work. And I understand you need like a change of scenery. All that stuff's important. But players are aware of it. They know they need to keep developing. They know they need to keep improving. And it's just under the current system. Like when I talk to my strength coach buddies, uh, they're like, we are basically just trying to get them. In, like in terms of getting them stronger that's not even on the table it's just like getting them ready to run jump sprint and hit in six weeks and as you know craig like that's not a long time to do any of that it's stuff not, so yeah um so it's it's it is it an answer to the question it's just very challenging makes it really hard especially with a new system coming in uh, but i think that's one of the advantages quite honestly of like when a new coach comes in you get another, an extra ota right. because of this type of thing so
0: yeah i just think there should be Allowance for more classroom time, allowance for more walkthroughs, that kind of stuff during the spring. Um, like it's a job and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, the, there's, I think the problem
1: is that it just gets, it gets coaches abuse it, <laughs> you know, like yes, if you say, totally. if you say, if you say you have four hours of six hours of walkthrough time a day, a lot of coaches will be like, all right, we're going to walk through for six hours because we need to maximize this opportunity as opposed to say, Hey, let's get an hour, two hours, get a lift, get out of here. It's the off season. We're just kind of sprinkling in. There's no, I find that while most coaches understand the middle way, there's, you know, the Harbaugh's of the world who, when I, one of my buddies is a coach there and he told me they don't even warm up. You have to warm up on your own in the weight room before you get on the field because that technically ca- counts as field time. Right. So, you know what I mean? Right. So like you're the people, the reason it's like this is because people abuse it, abuse the system.
0: Nope. Totally, totally agreed. Totally understand. Um, you know, and if it's like uh, hey, it only works if the player reaches out to the coach, like the coach is gonna be like, Hey, uh, make sure you send me that text message tomorrow, all right? Yeah, all
1: right. Like right, right.
0: and if you're a player who's fighting for your roster spot, like you're gonna send that text message you send it. So that your yep. coach can can abuse the <laughs> the rules, like cause you don't wanna get cut. So yeah, um it's it's a fine line. I just think that we've swung like adding a couple of extra days or weeks or whatever back into the schedule seems like something that's uh that's worthwhile. All right, uh, well, we'll wrap there for today. Uh, there, we had a couple other ones that are on some topics. Like someone asked, uh, starting to see B. John Robinson uh, at 16 in mock drafts. Do so you have thoughts on that? We do. We've just given them already in a couple of podcasts. So um, make sure that if, if you, I would highly recommend like YouTube for this um, or if you want to try to search an Apple podcast, but um, you know, searching searching like B. John Robinson, take command, you'll get some results. Um, and so we try to, in the descriptions and things like that, uh, have that so it's easy to find. Uh, I know for sure on my YouTube page that we clip that uh, there's a there's a clip and actually Nick, I'll try to send you the link so that we can put a little card on YouTube right here um, and maybe put a link in the description like how Bijan Robinson might break the NFL draft because uh, we were talking about bucket breakers a couple of weeks ago and so like we've done that already uh, and and certainly you know it's a great question. we've just answered it and at this point we're out of time so we're not gonna answer it again today. Uh, with that, Uh, we will be back later this week, next week. I think we're going to have a very special, uh, cool, different kind of episode. Um, so I don't want to say too much before it's locked in. Uh, but one of, we, we might be doing a crossover episode with, uh, with a pretty cool group of people. So, uh, that's, that's as much as I'll say for right now, but that's why you subscribe so that no matter what we do, you get it. Uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, YouTube, uh, full episodes for take commander at one Oh six, seven, the fan clips at Craig Hoffman. Uh, and that's that's pretty much all. Uh, we'll be back later this week with more uh, more draft stuff, and who else knows or who knows what else is going to happen uh, for Logan? I'm Craig, and we'll see you then.